0: Hello and welcome to the New Jersey Economic Development Authority's e-conversations podcast. I am Elizabeth Limbrick, the NJEDA's Director of Brownfields and Sustainable Systems, and I will be guest hosting this month's e-conversations episode. I am joined today by Jane Cohen, the Director of Governor Phil Murphy's Office of Climate Action and the Green Economy, Paula V. Sarah the NJEDA's Director of our Clean Energy Sector, and Taryn Boyland, the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities Deputy Chief of Staff. Welcome ladies. In celebration of Earth Day, we're focusing this month's podcast on Governor Murphy's very ambitious plans to make New Jersey 100% clean energy by 2050. We will be discussing the bold steps and the whole-of-government approach that the Garden State is taking to achieve this goal. Throughout his administration, Governor Murphy has taken numerous actions to reverse the trend of climate change and bolster the green economy. There are far too many to list, but some of the most significant steps include New Jersey's re-entrance into the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, or REGI, as we affectionately call it, which is the regional cap and trade program to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, the creation of the New Jersey Windport, which is a purpose-built greenfield port for offshore wind marshaling, the investment of millions of dollars in clean, equitable transportation projects, and the creation of the state's Office of Climate Action and the Green Economy. There's certainly a lot to talk about, so we'll jump right in, but before we do, I'd invite each of you to briefly introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what brought you to your current role. Jane Cohen,
1: let's start with you. Thanks, Elizabeth, uh, and let me just say I'm very happy to be here today with with you and with Pallavi. And Taryn. Um, it's it's an exciting moment for us uh, who work on clean energy here in New Jersey. And it's uh it's fun to have have a new way of talking about it with some of the key leaders in the space. So thank you for putting this together. I have a, a, a kind of a funny um or let's say a bit of a circuitous route to my current office. Um I spent many many years working on energy and environment issues abroad through a human rights lens. I spent years working on uh, uh lead poisoning and health issues in China, um, and then I worked on uh climate change issues and access to water issues in Africa, mostly uh Kenya and Zimbabwe. And you know it, it's the the context could not really be more different but at the end of the day the the kind of core consequences of the issues are the same and it's it's been really interesting taking that international lens and the lens of really asking governments to um amend their their policies in order to both move forward a clean energy agenda but also really protect the health of their citizens to really take that lens um Onto myself as a policymaker here in New Jersey. So it's um, so as I say, it, it's been a little bit of a of a circuitous route, but um, but I think that that background has really informed for me the way that I I take on uh, my role here in the governor's office.
0: Thank you, Jane. And that does sound very interesting, particularly about the international lens and how you have had experience in shaping policy um, throughout government uh, across the world. Taryn Boylan, I'd like to um, ask you to introduce yourself as well. Thanks, Elizabeth, and, and thank you
2: for inviting me to be here on behalf of the NJBPU. I'm thrilled to be a part of this conversation along with you and Jane and Pallavi, so it's, it's an exciting day uh, as we get ready to celebrate Earth Day. Uh, I came to the BPU late last year. I have a background in public service, having worked in state and federal government previously, but most recently I came from the nonprofit sector where uh, the organization I worked with delved into social justice issues and largely centered on social determinants of health, chief among them being about how where we live greatly impacts our individual and collective health. And if we've learned one thing over the past year or so, it's that our physical health and the health of our communities are intrinsically connected to the environment in which we live. I was drawn to the BPU uh, because of the commitment of Governor Murphy and under the leadership of President Joe Fierteliso to environmental justice and centering equity in our clean energy work so that all New Jerseyans have access to the benefits of clean energy. Um, so it's a very exciting time to come into state government where, uh, you know, we are facing the impacts of climate change and the threat of it every day here in New Jersey. And with the governor's goals and under the leadership of individuals like Jane and President Fiora I'm confident we are on track to meet them. And I'm very excited to be a part of the BPU.
0: Well, we're very lucky to have you here um, in our state government in New Jersey, and you know, looking at it through such um, an environmental justice, social justice lens. And again, you know, that point that you made, which is so important, that where we live, you know, impacts our health. And you know, like that whole idea behind, you know, should your zip code determine um, your your life expectancy? And you know, we would all say no uh, to that. So I think, you know, looking at how we can create solutions around that is going to be so important. Uh, so thank you. And then Pallavi, Madika Sara, please let's hear about you.
3: Thank you, Elizabeth. This is really exciting for me uh, to join both Jane and Taryn here on this call along with you on this podcast uh, to celebrate the Earth Day. Um, <clears throat> I've spent my entire career in the clean energy and sustainability sector. I've spent over 15 years um, primarily prior to here, prior to joining this role, um, focusing almost entirely um, in the private sector, but uh, have held numerous roles in the context of clean energy and sustainability. So I started off as a manufacturing engineer, um, manufacturing solar cells, um, and then transitioned to Wall Street, helping investors, institutional investors, understand how to invest in clean energy and sustainability, so that they hopefully make uh, better investment decisions. And then eventually went on to also um, provide, as a management consultant, uh, services to some of the large Fortune 500 companies around uh, ambitions and their aspirations related to their ESG goals. So what drew me to this role is, for me, the only thing that has changed across my entire career is the lens through which I have looked at the sector the sector itself has sort of evolved and changed quite rapidly and dynamically. And uh, this role here, working with uh, working for Tim Sullivan here at the EDA at a time when um, clean energy has so much of an emphasis in the state, really drew me to this role and also gives me the opportunity to look through a lens that I've not had the opportunity to do so before.
0: Pallavi, we're so lucky to have you here at EDA as well. Um, Having such a well-rounded background and being able to see the issue from all different sides and having such a strong background in clean energy is a huge asset. So um, just so happy to be able to work with you um, on these important issues So, Jane, um, you know, you really are front and center in Governor Murphy's administration, the clean energy efforts, and now this new role as director of the brand new Office of Climate Action and the Green Economy, and most recently as the governor's senior policy advisor focused on the environment. So I'm really interested to hear what aspects of your previous job you plan to bring to this new role, as well as, you know, what are the long-term focal areas for this office, um, as well as what are your immediate priorities as you get this new office up and running?
1: Thanks, Elizabeth. And I just want to take a quick step back, because, you know, when you list the accomplishments that we've really achieved so far, you know, rejoining Reggie all of our you know, major announcements on offshore wind, energy efficiency, electric vehicles. It's easy to forget that everyone's been really hard at work here for these first three years of the administration. I remember really well walking into my office on my first day and hearing about the Energy Master Plan and hearing about DEP's 80 by 50 report and all of our big goals. Um, and it's really exciting today to look back and see that we've accomplished so much. And it's important really to acknowledge all the hard work of all of the, um, you know, all of the agencies and folks in the administration, the BPU, EDA, DEP, also our DOT and others. It's it's really just been a tremendous effort. And I, I think it's important, um, you know, when we look back to remember that, These things didn't just happen, but they really happened because of the hard work and the determination of many people. So wanted to to put that out there. Um, You know, the governor, he created the Office of Climate Action in the green economy really for three main reasons. The first reason is really to continue to show his commitment and priority in the issue of clean energy. He really understands that there has to be a whole of government approach, and that's why he created this office within the governor's office. Of course, there is so much work being done on clean energy and environment and energy kind of throughout the administration. But by putting this office within the governor's office, he's really elevating elevating the work and saying, you know, there has to be leadership that can really coordinate um, and and direct all of the work it also allows us to keep two of the governor's core commitments really at the center of the work and those are economic development and equity and all of the work that we're doing on clean energy we are really keeping those two pieces at the center so the second main objective of the office is to oversee our transition to the green economy as we move forward all of our clean energy work and as we really work to combat climate change There's, of course, a big challenge, but there's really an opportunity and the governor understood that in order to really capitalize on this opportunity, we have to have a very coordinated and intentional approach. And so rather than having sort of a piecemeal program here and a piecemeal program there, he's putting it all under the office and he created a council the New Jersey Council on the Green Economy to really lead that work and i want to just take a quick minute on the council because it's very exciting it's it's the first of this kind of council in the nation that brings together stakeholders from both inside state government and you know EDA and BPU both uh, are are leaders on on the council um but also really brings together a very full spectrum of stakeholders across the state we have stakeholders from environmental justice communities from our labor unions from academia business it's it's really a very full uh, a full group of people to talk about how we are going to have this intentional transition to the green economy that uh that allows us to grow our union jobs and also to open new and diverse pathways for folks who have not been in the energy sector previously. So it's, it's very exciting. Um, and Pallavi, who's on who's on this podcast uh, with us today, is also really doing a tremendous amount of work on the council and we're, we're very excited. The third real reason um, that the governor created the office is to have an elevated voice with the Biden administration. I think just in these first few months that the Biden team has has been in office, we've seen so much alignment with what is coming out of the White House and what the governor has really prioritized here in New Jersey. So from offshore wind to our, you know, really having a reliable grid to electric vehicles, to ensuring both union jobs and a real diverse workforce, we are really in alignment with the Biden team. And so having this office allows us to really kind of make sure that New Jersey has a seat at the table as these policies and, and particularly as a lot of these kind of funding decisions get made. So it's a really exciting moment. And, you know, yes, it's a different job than the, than the policy advisor job but it's all kind of a piece of the whole this the creation of this office really allows us to be more forward thinking as we you know as we move forward with our agenda we have so many great initiatives that we're working on and it allows us to really take that leadership um of the governor and really kind of see through all the policies that that he's asked us to put into place so it's it's a really it's a very exciting moment um you know, the bags under my eyes and my new new found gray hairs, uh, I, which luckily nobody can see because this is a podcast, but um, I think speak to the fact that, you know, it's it's a lot of work, um, but I think we are, you know, we're really showing that that we can move to the clean energy economy, and that's and it's an exciting moment.
0: Yeah, thank you, Jane. And I think your point about how hard so many people have worked to get us to this point is just, it's well taken. Um, I think, you know, for probably everyone on this podcast and probably most of our listeners as well, this is a passion um, of folks to, you know, get to that green, clean, equitable, fair economy and to have a true climate resilience strategy that will benefit all New Jerseyans. And, you know, that's, I think, part of what drives so many of us to work so hard to see this happen. Um, next up, Palavi. under your leadership, the New Jersey Economic Development Authority's Clean Energy Unit has stood up several programs to support the creation of a green economy, particularly as it relates to transportation, as well as creating opportunities for startups in the clean technology space. Could you tell us a little bit about these programs and how they fit into that overall strategy of cultivating a green economy and making the state 100% clean energy by 2050?
3: Um, Thanks, Elizabeth. Um, Before I do that, I do want to echo what Jane mentioned earlier, and in that, I think the world is coming. We're at a turning point when it when it comes to tackling impacts of climate change, Um, and therefore we need bold actions. And we need bold efforts to truly make us move towards a cleaner, more greener, more equitable economy. And that works for all. And I really appreciate uh, Jane's vision for it. And certainly Governor Murphy's um, ambitions for the state as aggressive and as ambitious as they sound. I think that's essentially what we need right about now. Um, and keeping in line with that for us here at the EDA, 2021 is an especially exciting year. Um, I've only been here for less than 10 months, um, but I can tell that 2021 is already off to a very exciting start for the EDA when it comes to launching clean energy products. We recently launched the state's 1st regi RGGI-funded program uh, focused on zero-emission medium and heavy-duty vehicles. Um, the program is called ZIP, also stands for New Jersey Zero Emission Incentive Programme. Uh, which is intended to support the deployment of zero-emission medium-duty vehicles, so specifically Class 2B to Class 6. This is a $15 million pilot program that will likely fund between 100 and 300 vouchers, ranging in value between $25,000 to $100,000 for businesses and institutions that are qualified um, and eligible to apply in the greater Newark and greater Camden areas. Uh, for the purchase of essentially zero-emission medium-duty vehicles. We also have allocated bonuses uh, for small businesses, women and minority and veteran-owned businesses, as well as vehicles that are manufactured in New Jersey. So this is the first program of its kind in the state in New Jersey. Um, we certainly anticipate that there will be uh, a lot of excitement for this program. We're beginning to see signs of that since the program is live and accepting applications. Um, and there's definitely more to come. Uh, so that's specifically on clean transport. Um, through the EDA's partnership and work with the Commission for Science, Innovation and Technology, we've also launched two additional programs targeting early stage companies in the clean energy and clean tech sector. So for the first one is a clean tech seed grant program. And the second is a clean tech R&D voucher program. The funding for both the programs is provided by the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities. And so we are very excited to be partnering up with our sister agencies to be able to launch and support very early stage innovation. The same grant program is for early stage New Jersey companies developing or testing technologies that are intended to avoid emissions of or recapture of greenhouse gases as well as criteria pollutants. This is one of the few unique programs that I think I've certainly come across in my entire career, and I'm especially excited to be part of launching this effort here uh, within the EDA. Uh, Companies are able to apply for grants of up to $75,000. The Cleantech voucher program, the R&D voucher program, has a total budget of $435,000 for awards, with each company um, eligible to apply to get cumulative grants of up to $15,000 uh from the date of execution of an initial voucher agreement. Both these programs are intended to essentially nurture and create an ecosystem and support early stage companies uh, that we hope to be able that that we hope will continue to establish their roots, uh, grow their businesses and therefore create the kind of jobs that we are looking to help nurture and generate within the state. And, and so across these programs, and these are just three to name t- today. And hopefully if we ever speak again uh, about a similar topic in the second half of the year, I certainly hope we can talk with about many, many more programs. But across these programs, we are focused primarily on making sure that we are able to attract private and public investments for companies here within the state, attracting the right set of investors as well as companies early stage, mid-sized as well as large companies, because we need a mix of all of those to make the state economy work for all.
0: Thank you for that. And there was so much packed in there, and and congratulations on getting so many great programs off the ground um, in the 10 months that you have been at the EDA. It really is amazing um one of the things i wanted to kind of touch back on and just get a little more detail on you mentioned that zip program the zero emissions incentive program and that um it works in areas right now it's piloted in greater newark and greater camden but it's not limited to just um businesses in those two cities correct like it has when you say greater um metro area it's a little bit beyond that can you just talk a little bit about that and then also as well um what are the kinds of vehicles like we're really talking about? Like who
3: do you envision applying for this program? And thanks for allowing me to clarify that. I think that's an important part of this. Greater Newark and Greater Camden is defined as a 10 mile radius outside of Newark and Camden. So as long as it's an overburdened community uh, that sits within the 10 mile radius of Newark and Camden, eligible businesses can apply to get the voucher. So the kinds of uh, vehicles we hope to be able to drive adoption of through this program because this is focused on class 2b to class 6 is essentially your uh, you know we all have deliveries from the trucks amazon drivers certainly other more local businesses delivering flowers uh, bread and other types of groceries so think about those types of trucks that are r- running down your streets so we're looking to replace um, some of those types of trucks so uh, delivery trucks all the way up to a, essentially a smaller sized uh, school bus, Jitney, shuttle. So those are the types of vehicle uh, weights and classes um, across the spectrum that we are looking to address through this pilot program. Obviously, this is a pilot program for a specific reason. We want to be able to learn uh, quickly and also pivot and make tweaks accordingly as we move forward, uh, depending on the success of this program, and also making sure that it, it it does what it needs to do uh, in the areas and in the, in the communities that we are focused on.
0: Thank you for that. And then, um, Taryn, you know, Pavi mentioned this, that BPU has just been a fantastic partner uh, with EDA. And, you know, we really enjoy working together, um, creating programs for the green economy. Uh, we're working on some now for the offshore wind sector, Can you talk about your offshore wind initiative um, that's designed to move New Jersey toward clean energy in support of Governor Murphy's goal?
2: Sure. So within the governor's larger goal of getting to 100 percent clean energy uh, by 2050, we have a target of 7,500 megawatts of offshore wind energy. Um, We do have our first project, uh, Orsted's um, Ocean Wind, which will be built 15 miles off the coast of Atlantic City, which will uh, we anticipate will power roughly 500,000 homes and generate over a billion dollars in uh, economic benefits, which means more jobs. So I think the anticipation is around 15,000 jobs over the life of the project. Uh, and Jane mentioned earlier, we have now we have a partner in D.C. in the Biden administration who shares our goals on, on advancing renewable energies like offshore wind. And so Orsted, uh, the Orsted project, Ocean Wind recently received a uh, what's called a notice of intent or NOI, and that means the federal government has said. We're moving this project on to the environmental review and public comment phase, which is a little long. I think it can take up to 22 months, but it's a really important step forward. And it's only the third project that the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management has advanced to this phase. So we're very excited. This just happened within the last couple of weeks. It's one of the announcements Jane referenced earlier. Um, so with. With our ocean uh, wind and offshore wind projects, we're, you know, we're really looking at how do we bring economic benefits to New Jersey in addition to just clean energy that everyone can access. And through that and part of our partnership with EDA, is the development of the wind port, which will bring uh, well-paying jobs, both union and others, and uh, will create economic benefits for the kind of Delaware River southern coast of New Jersey and Salem County. And also there's another uh, port in Paulsboro that's being built that will develop and, and manufacture the uh, components of the wind turbines that will need to be marshaled out to the uh, Atlantic Ocean. And it's a prime spot because there's no vertical restriction. So they can put the pieces of the turbines that are quite tall that can obviously not pass under a bridge or other obstructions. So it's it's really a prime spot. And so we're excited that we can uh, – New Jersey can be kind of the lead in offshore wind industry development, um, both in getting turbines in the ground but having a, a, an economy that can create and develop um, the pieces right here in New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey is also, you know, we we don't like to rest on our laurels, so we uh, have a second solicitation that the BPU put out, and we've received two bids on that that the uh, board will be reviewing and I think um, weighing in on in June of this year, so that would be another 12 to 2400 megawatts towards the 7500 megawatt goal. And we are on track with the governor's schedule for a third solicitation coming uh, in 2022. So, you know, while the first project is, is is making the steps forward on the federal side, we're already getting our, our next project lined up and then, you know, beyond that. So it's an exciting time uh, for the BPU for sure and for the state as we advance uh, offshore wind and kind of stake our flag in the water as, as a leader in the offshore wind industry. Um Also, New Jersey is working with our kind of regional grid operator called PJM on a a state uh, approach, uh, a regional approach, to help us with the transmission issues. So you have your turbines in the water, and they're generating wind, and so how do you get that to equal energy on shore? And I'm not an engineering or or expert in any of that, Um, and so there's other people at the BPU and DEP and and everywhere else that can speak to the the intricacies of that. But um, having a regional approach will help us, kind of cast a wider net and bring in uh, more opportunities to look at how do we effectively, equitably, and safely bring energy onshore to to bring, um, you know, energy, renewable energy resources to New Jersey's residents. So it's certainly uh, an exciting and busy time. And, you know, to Jane's point, this is a whole of government approach. So we're, you know, constantly in partnership with EDA and DEP and the governor's office to make sure that we are, you know, coming at these issues from all angles and being as thoughtful and, and considerate as we can so that everyone can benefit from them. And that, you know, especially now in on the heels of the pandemic, how do we rebuild a, an economy that can create new opportunities? And certainly offshore wind is, is seemingly a great opportunity for that for for the whole of the state. Karen, I, I
0: go ahead. I
2: was gonna say and, and Jane can feel free to jump in on if I miss anything. She's she's far more an expert on offshore wind than I am, but
1: uh, Karen, I think you I think you hit the big points. And I was just gonna add sort of one thing just for that I found funny um, when the when BOEM, the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, made its announcement about the uh, release of the notice of intent that Taryn mentioned for Ocean Wind. Um, they also made a number of announcements around port uh, port funding and also the uh, the gigawatt goal, um, the workforce development, uh, really kind of wanting to have a r- workforce development plan. And it was, you know, a lot of kind of serious announcements. I was on, I was on the Zoom for it and I was taken aback by how much punning there was by all of the cabinet members. So, uh, Secretary Granholm, the energy secretary, I mean, she made so many puns and Gina McCarthy, the, uh, the, uh, climate advisor, uh, was just cracking up everybody with her jokes and it felt, I felt a lot of pressure to be funny all of a sudden. You know, I was planning <laughs> on, you know, talking about New Jersey, and suddenly it was like, oh, my gosh, we're in some kind of, like, stand-up comedy club, and, like, you have to not only talk about your state's goals, but do it in a way that gets everybody, you know, rolling on the ground. So it it's just – uh, in the Trump years, you know, we didn't have very many moments of levity uh, and it was really, I think for everyone, a, a kind of interesting moment of, you know, this is this is really a new day and, um, you know, we're so excited about it that we can also uh, you know, see how many jokes we can get out of, you know, wind and water. <laughs> clearly I'm not making, I clearly didn't get any of those because I have made none, but anyway, just wanted to throw that out there for a little color. Thank you, Jane. And
0: and I did want to follow up with you on uh, one other point was that the, the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection just released their climate change resilience strategy document today on Earth Day. And I know we're seeking input from the public. Can you talk a little bit about that document and where our listeners could find it and how they could submit feedback on that?
1: Yeah, so that. Strategy is It's a really exciting document. It comes out of Governor Murphy's Executive Order 89, which directed the DEP to create the state's first statewide uh, uh, climate resilience strategy. We are really looking for public comment on this document. Um, there's 125 recommendations in six priority areas. Um, So I recommend that, you know, everybody drink a cup of coffee before they kind of dive into the document. Um, (laughs) um, So um, it's available on on DEP's website. It will be very obvious where it is. Um, And there will be a number of uh, webinars uh, and kind of informational events where the team will, will walk through really what's in that strategy and there'll be a lot of opportunity through that for public comment. And as I, I think I just mentioned, we, we do wanna have a very robust uh, dialogue with our stakeholders. And Elizabeth, if I can just make one more point here, separate that I should have said earlier, that for the Murphy administration and, you know, EDA, DEP, BP are all very good at this, that engaging with our stakeholders is really, really important. And we all, um, we really value the input of our stakeholders and, and these are stakeholders from, you know, industry, our, our stakeholders from organized labor, our environmental justice and equity stakeholders. It's really important that we hear from all of them on, you know, what they think we should be doing in this space, how our policies that we are, um, how the policies that we are recommending will impact them and really how we can always be doing better. And so, you know, we really, really value that engagement and and that's a a huge priority for the governor.
0: Thank you. And that is such an important point. Um, And absolutely it is absolutely critical to get all of those voices, the diverse voices that are out there um, that represent, like you said, all different New Jerseyans and understanding how we can do the best for everybody out there. It's so important. Um, So next, I had a question that um, I'm going to ask each of you, which is, you know, we're sitting here today on Earth Day in April 2021, having this conversation. But where do you see the state of clean energy five years from today? And I'm going to start with Pallavi on that one.
3: No pressure. <laughs> um, I mean, see, I've having spent the time that I I've had the privilege of working across different states in the in the United States. That said, in my role and based on what I see, um, it's it's clear that Governor Murphy has very ambitious goal of moving the Garden State towards 100 percent clean energy by 2050. Um, so I can say that within five years, with all the efforts that we're taking right now, New Jersey will definitely be positioned as a leader in all forms of clean energy and clean tech. Um, And I'll go even further to say that we should and I think we are on track to becoming the hub for all forms of innovation and investment and partnerships on the East Coast. Um, And the best news is New Jersey already has a head start. I mean, New Jersey continues to lead the way in solar nationally. We are positioned in the top five or six markets in terms of total solar installations in the country. South Jersey is poised to be the largest hub for offshore wind marshalling and um, man, uh, wind marshalling manufacturing on the East Coast. Um, we should, within the next five years, uh, definitely have the state's Green Fund set up. We're working actively to do that as we speak, So, which means that we will have more innovative financing solutions to further drive and enable the clean energy and clean tech economy. Um, and Based on the Reggie funds that the EDA secures, we've obviously launched only our first with plenty more to come. So I anticipate that there will be several more programs towards furthering the clean transportation economy within the state. And I would be amiss if I did not recognize and acknowledge the Commission on Science, Innovation and Technology and their efforts to continue to nurture very early stage innovation in the state. And I think we really truly have everything going for us and I, I really hope to have this conversation in five years where we can we can sort of put that label on New Jersey officially uh, as we move forward.
0: Thank you, Paula V. Taryn, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah and, and you know as we sit here celebrating Earth Day, which in nineteen seventy was a revolutionary and radical concept for many. Uh and we're here talking about All the gains that we've made so far in clean energy, I think in five years, it won't be so radical or revolutionary for the residents of New Jersey to have solar in their community or drive an electric vehicle or hopefully, potentially see a turbine, you know, placed in the water in the shores off of our coast. Um, and you know, that's kind of my, my hope for where we'll be. Um, you know, I think the governor Murphy, especially and now with the Biden administration, we're making great strides and just even just educating the public on the critical need to act now and, and to make these changes now because we are living the very reality of climate change every day. And, uh, you know, as a nation and as a globe, we're behind the eight ball in climate change. But every day through the work of, of Jane and EDA, BPU, DEP, our sister agencies across the state, we're working to to rapidly make up for lost time. And I think, um, you know, through these efforts, we will in five years, we will have made significant process progress towards reducing our reliance on fossil fuels and and moving over to clean energy solutions. So that's at least my hope for the future for five years from now.
0: Thank you, Karen. Jane?
1: So my hope for five years from now is really that the promise of the clean energy economy is delivered both through major gains in clean energy, but also really in economic development and really bringing people into the workforce. My commitment and the governor's commitment is really to use the clean energy agenda as a tool to drive more equitable workforce, more equitable economic development, and really robust workforce development policies that will help to have our ultimate goal of a stronger and fairer New Jersey. Through the work that we're doing on the New Jersey Council for the Green Economy, this is really what we are trying to achieve, that we have an actionable plan that gets us to a place where we are making sure that these jobs that are being created through the clean energy economy, and I wanna be clear that even though we're really focused on clean energy in this discussion, that the way the administration is looking at the green economy is through clean energy, but also through environmental infrastructure. And so that's really around uh, making sure that our residents have safe water to drink, that the, you know, sewer and wastewater systems are uh, are operating well, that um, we are, our children are living in lead, lead safe homes. So we're really looking at a very kind of wide tent of environmental infrastructure and clean energy jobs. And what we want at the end of our our council process is to have a real actionable plan to ensure that as we move forward in the clean energy economy and really in the environmental infrastructure work that we are creating good union jobs in a real diverse workforce who can take advantage of the opportunities that we are being presented with through the challenge of climate change.
0: Well, thank you. All did a great job. Explaining where we're headed and I am really looking forward to the future. I mean, like you said, these um, are some ambitious goals in the next five years, but under this leadership of everybody who is on this podcast and I know our listeners as well, um, I know that we can get there and you know, as Halabi said, you know, we are going to be that leader in the clean energy sector, in the clean tech sector and New Jersey is we are already establishing ourselves and we will be the hub for all these innovation economy and the partnerships that will grow out of the clean energy sector. And to Jane's point, this is a great tool for developing that equitable and inclusive workforce as we head into the future. So, again, I'd like to thank you all for joining us and celebrating Earth Day with us.
2: Thank you.
1: Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks.